0: Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire to Lead, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire leaders, you are in for a conversation with a high impact educator here. If you haven't seen him on social media or you haven't checked him out with Teach Better Team, Phil is. Amazing. So super stoked to get to learn more about his story and learn about you know his support groups that he's got going on. He's speaking all over the country. And
1: with that, Phil, thank you so much for being on Inspired Elite. Joshua, thanks so much for having me. Sincerely grateful to be here. Love what you're doing and what you stand for. So it's just honored to be in the platform. Let's get to it. seriously so i have a
0: dying question this is very far from our topic today and about you but i saw somewhere that you were on a netflix baking show and i gotta (laughs) ask about that because my interest is peaked i know there's a story behind that so phil will you just share a little bit about
1: how on earth did you get on netflix it's funny right it's uh it's not a resume builder but it's an icebreaker (laughs) for sure right it's fun to talk about yeah, so during COVID lockdown, we, my kids and I got into a show called Nailed It. It's a amateur baking show meant to be a total mishap. You're supposed to flop and do bad. You get a professional cake that took a professional eight hours, and you get two hours to do it. Anyways, we loved it. It was comical, and my kids are like, you got to try. I, I actually love to bake and cook. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Almost became a chef earlier oh. in my life, so they're like, you would do so good. So I ended up trying out. And a year later, they randomly reached out and went through the process and flew me out to LA. And I got to live a dream. I got to be on a set, bunch of cameras, chaos, a little competition, baking. And I had an absolute blast. I blew it, Joshua, totally blew it, did not win, but uh, had the time of my life. It was just, you know, one of those opportunities that You know, just come your way and you have to jump on it. So super grateful. And yeah, it's a great story to tell. And My kids were not happy with me that I did not win the $10,000, but it is what it is. I lost gracefully and they learned that lesson, I guess, you know?
0: Well, you said everyone that goes on is supposed to fail. So I think you kind of knew the assignment and did exactly what you're supposed to.
1: (laughs) I did. I lived up to its name. So (laughs) yeah, it was super cool, super cool opportunity. And it was cool. My son actually called me on it because I told him originally like, I'm not going to try out so many people must do that. And he pulled me, you know, I'm a youth motivational speaker as well as speaking to adults, uh, educators. But he's like, you're always telling me to take healthy risks and put myself out there, dad. And I'm like, all right, all right. Eating crow here. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and then it uh, you know, ended up working. So he was right. He pushed me.
0: Hey, he's listening and, and yeah. turning your wisdom back on you. So that's, like that. that's what you want from your kids, right? <laughs> Maybe not in the moment. You don't You you kind of <laughs> begrudgingly. <laughs> accepted but you know in the long term it's like yeah you're actually listening to my wisdom that's great yeah i love that story i know there's probably a transition that we can have as far as your lessons learned from netflix to your role in education but before we do that i want to talk about just all the wonderful things you're doing i you said a little bit already you, you speak to youth you speak to adults but you also are a teacher and have been in education so will you just share with my listeners in regards to your educational and leadership journey
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, kind of leading from the whole baking and cooking idea is uh, 17 years old, woke up after working in a bunch of restaurants that I I thought I was going to be a classically trained chef, realized that it was not a career for me. It was just something I like to do at home. Lucky for me, I had an amazing junior year chemistry teacher, Mr. B, who I felt super comfortable with and was just transparent. Told him I'm kind of freaking out. I Thought I was going to cook my whole life. I definitely don't want to do that. Uh, I don't know what to do. And luckily, he knew me so well, better than I knew myself, and said, you seem to really like science. I mean, you're getting good grades. You do well. Do you like learning about science? Absolutely. And then he said, you seem to really like being here. Not everybody wants to be in high school. I said, no, I love it, man. I love being with everybody. I like seeing the ladies. I like, you know, being involved and everything. He's like, you know, this school spirit, this love, this vibe, this could be your career, man. You could literally be in this environment for a career if you wanted. And I think you'd be great at it. And it was like a light bulb. So that was it. 17 years old. Luckily, had a great school system, great counselors. And they're like, hey, this is what you do. This is where you go. Ended up at Illinois State University. And Joshua, if you're not an Illinois guy, that, that's like one in four teachers in Illinois are from Illinois State University. They're the red oh, wow. So it was like a no-brainer. Like, hey, that's where you need to go. Went to college, got my degree in chemistry with a teaching certificate. I definitely wanted to have the full-fledged chemistry degree just to have the chops. And ended up student teaching in a wonderful place. And I've been there for 19 years now, Joshua. I teach chemistry and physics and English language learning physical science as well. So you've been in the same building for 19 years? Isn't that crazy, man? Yeah, (laughs) 19 years, two rooms, but same building. So the first eight years, one room, and then these last 11 in another room. But it is crazy to think, man, I'm looking back, 19 years flew by.
0: So what's the secret there, Phil? Because that's, that's unusual. I mean, I've talked to a lot of folks and, you know, even my own journey, I've been in four campuses, multiple districts. And, you know, it seems like nowadays folks are just popping around in different districts and different schools to find the best fit for themselves. And for you, what do you think contributed
1: to staying in the same building for 19 years? Yeah, I would have to say the department, like I work in with my science department is like my family. So they're my, you know, my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my work wives and husbands, right? Just, I just think we lean on each other. And it's like, I couldn't imagine. I always said if I ever left like that job, I would never be able to go to another school. I think they ruined me. I, I'm spoiled there. I have such a family. I couldn't imagine like going to another building. So yeah, it's it's been a great ride. And as you know, education, seen some ups and downs recently. <laughs> We've been uh, hanging on tight to each other, white knuckle in it. And, uh, you know, thank goodness, you know, the people you surround yourself with is so important. The kids are, you know, kids are amazing and and kids are kids. But, you know, after four years, they move on. And most of them, you know, you're just a thought in the past. But the crew you work with day in and day out, year after year, I mean, that's that's family. So I have to attribute it to that 100%.
0: No, it's so important. And I can only imagine how you are seen within the community too. I mean, it's, it's fun to see brothers and sisters and you're starting to see generations of folks. And I can only imagine how impactful that is to have that stability in the community.
1: Thank you. Yeah. It's cool to be a part of it, a small piece in a big puzzle. And like you said, generations, I haven't had my student's child yet, but I think (laughs) it's coming, man. That's where you're headed. Uh, I, I have had some of my, like, g- people I've graduated with in high school. I've had a couple of their kids that I yeah. didn't, you know, expect. But I'm not there yet, but it's coming. I know it's coming. <laughs> so it's all good, though. I'm not. not uh, it'll be great to have that, like you said, that generational yep. review. <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. All right. So, Phil, you had talked about just the struggle the last few years. I think a lot of folks obviously have felt that as there's twists and turns that have occurred throughout the country and throughout the world. And I know one of your deepest passions is really helping restore passion with the teaching community. So will you talk on that as to where that came from? Did you see a need somewhere or like where did this come from and how are you helping other teachers flourish in their profession?
1: Yeah, thank you so much for asking. I'd have to say when COVID lockdown happened and we went virtual for quite a while, as everybody did. I, I'll be completely honest, after about two months of that, started looking on LinkedIn and thinking, well, maybe this is it for me. Maybe it's, maybe it's time to do something else. I'm an extreme extrovert, and human connection is like, I, I crave it. And if I don't get it, I'm pretty low and down and out. So I found myself at a pretty low place in my life and my career, for sure. And I was craving more. Luckily, things eventually got back and never quite the same, but things got back and we're getting there. And I just really started to think about, okay, what can I do that's in my control to allow myself to be the best possible version of me, to try to feel happier, to allow myself to be more resilient. And I, I was very lucky being a youth speaker. Part of the thing we talk about is a lot of personal development with youth. So my co-speaker Matt and I, you know, we really leaned on each other and say, let's make sure we're living out exactly what we talk to youth about. So uh, I started doing all the things he needed to taking care of myself, surrounding myself with positive people. But as I saw this happening and just people getting more and more burned out, cynical, I really started to feel a tug on my heartstrings that Like, I think, I think a lot of educators need more support and help. And I don't know if they've got that family like I do at my school or in my close community of friends that I, I have and work with. So I started really digging into positive psychology and like, what, what allows people to be happy and flourish? Got so into it. I ended up getting my positive education certification through the flourishing center, and really just trying to look at the science behind what allows people to be happy, what allows them to flourish. And the more I knew about that, and the more I applied to my life, the more energized I was, the more resilient I felt. And I just felt like, man, I I, I need to help other educators do this. So that's what I'm called to do and what I've been slowly working on. Now, Joshua, if you know anything about branding, You are, this is not, I'm not supposed to be doing this, right? I can't be a youth speaker over here with my best (laughs) bud. And then over here, be a speaker to educators because that confuses people. They say the riches are in the niches. Like every branding company would say, Phil, you're not doing that right. You're going to confuse people. But I, I sincerely don't care. Like I love helping youth and Matt and I build their confidence, but I cannot ignore my brothers and sisters in the classroom, like they're hurting, they're exhausted, they're yes. overwhelmed. Uh, so that's, that's what I love to do. I love to go to schools, pour into them, talk about these are the simple, tangible things that we can do. I talk about your errs, the things that light you up. And I'm not talking about your lesson plans. I'm not talking about your pedagogy, even though that's all important. talking about you, yourself. What are the things that light you up? How are you building that into your everyday schedule? So we go through that. What lights us up? How do you build it daily? Focus on you first. Then once we're overflowing, we can pour into people more. And I think educators are givers. They're selfless. And because of that, they feel selfish when they start focusing on them because they're so not used to it but they're wor- I tell them you're worthless to us. If you're burned out, we need you. So if you got to back up a little bit and take care of you, we, we have to do that. So give them the permission, give them the tangible steps. And then from there, how do we restore our passion? I, I like to say that we lean into our purpose. So all of us have unique, special gifts. For me, like I just love to cook and bake. I try to bring that into the classroom. For me, that lights me up. Like creating a little breakfast for my students and them seeing me as a human and us being around like a lab table, eating some pancakes. Uh, it, it's, it, it becomes a family. And all of a sudden, I'm no longer just the guy who teaches chem, but I'm a human. I'm Phil. I have feelings. I, I connect. And from there, it restores my passion and that human connection that I need and crave in order to stay in this end of this career. If I'm not getting that, I, it, it doesn't feed me enough anymore. So again, I always say that, but saying I'm not telling you, you got to make pancakes, you know, <laughs> but I'm saying all of you, Joshua, you've got something that you love to do. And it probably has nothing to do with, you know, maybe an education or a classroom or whatever, but how can we bring that to people that we work with? How can we bring that to our classroom? And when we do, not only does it build up other people and fill them up, but we really start to see this reciprocating effect of just this upward spiral. I feel good. You feel good. Now I want to make people feel better. So I I love doing it. I love people feeling like they're smiling and energized when they leave that keynote. And then I will, I love to stay connected to them so that it's like, hey, this isn't just a talk, and you feel good today. Like this is if you decide right now, you can change your life to build in intentionally the good things, so that you're going to overflow. And when you overflow, then you can pour into people instead of just pouring until you drain out and then you got to take a sick day and, you know, stay in bed all day. So
0: yeah. And then feel guilty about doing that.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's like damned if you do and damned if you don't, then that's a yes. like, no one wants that for anybody. And I think sometimes we're our toughest on ourselves. I think we're worried. That's how it's going to be interpreted. And I think nowadays, no one's saying that it's like, no, nah, if you need a day, take a day. For because real. the kids need you for sure,
0: Phil. It's like a almost like a passion project, right? Like this podcast, honestly, was my passion project. I, you know, I was administrator for ten years, and I needed something, an outlet of some way to to have my creative juices flowing. And I felt like I was serving other people. And I mean, it's grown a, a lot more more than I anticipated at the time. But I mean, <laughs> it it did make me feel better every time I had these conversations. It was kind of like exercise for the mind. And then I was a better person going in the next day because I was energized by the conversation I just had with excellent guests like yourself, Phil. So I love that uh, that lighting up piece. I can just visualize that, you know, when my teachers had an initiative or a project that they came and, you know, Mm -hmm. we said yes to and they were so excited about it. practically running on the front office. So, I want to talk a little bit about your journey. I know, you know, everyone's story and, and passions are different, but you know, you had talked about it during the pandemic of being low, right? You're an extrovert, you can have that connection. So, during that time, I'm guessing that you started to go through this process of trying to figure out like how do I restore myself? How do I get past this burnout feeling? Yeah. How do I not go on LinkedIn and look for a different job? So, what was <laughs> lighting you up beyond just cooking?
1: Yeah. I really started to dig into, and again, I I like to call my errs, like what are the things I do? And of those things, what, so I love being a father. Absolutely. So I was very intentional about, all right, I have this time with my kids that we are together a lot. We can't go anywhere. Let's make the absolute best of this. So we started planning like vacations in the house. And so again, diving deeper into my family, that filled me up. I'm definitely a baker and a cook. So I leaned on that side of me. I got into yeast breads. I was never good at making breads. So again, the, the silly examples, but actually make a huge impact on your mental psyche. Joshua, as you said, your your podcast was a passion project that you'd even probably realize. Not only did it fill you up But like, think about how you were bringing that energy and pouring into others then. And it had maybe the conversation you had on your podcast had absolutely nothing to do with what you did that day at your job. But that doesn't mean it doesn't impact it and that those skills aren't transferable. Even if as a podcast host, I'm sure you become like you have rambling people like me become a great (laughs) listener. But think about that. Think about that value that is in in a role where you're a leader. I mean. That's what I always try to promote is that when I was digging into myself, I was definitely focused on my health, right? I like, how do I take care of myself? So when we come out of this, I don't end up super unhealthy with super bad habits. And I think a lot of us struggled with that a little bit. I think some of us started happy hour earlier and more frequently, and some of us watched more TV than we ever had before. So I think keeping myself in check, but again, those errs. I'm a creator. I'm a supporter. I'm a father. Uh, I guess I can't say husbander, but whatever you want to call it, I you know. So those <laughs> things are the things I leaned on. When, on all sincerity, education at that time was not filling me up. And I think we're all clear; it certainly wasn't filling students up. I mean, there were black screens, and it was dark in their rooms, and it was it was awkward and uncomfortable, and no yep. one knew how hard to push. Because everyone was worried about everyone. It was just, it was just a mess. And you couldn't fix that. So other things I leaned on. And just like you said, you gained energy from those, and that overflowed into the job to pull you through and ride through that storm. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com/slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: So if someone's in a storm right now and they're feeling hopeless, they're feeling burnt out. I know you speak on this a lot. So are there any strategies that you would recommend for those who are listening?
1: Absolutely. First of all, it's finding your people, but your people that are are positive, that aren't so gone and so cynical that there's no turning back, right? Because if you choose to surround yourself with those people You'll be right there with them. Absolutely. So sometimes we have to make the hard decisions of who we choose to surround ourselves with and what we fill our minds with. Right. And I never, I never want to say, you know, that I'm toxically positive or that I'm Pollyanna on anything, but, uh, sometimes we just out of our control, what a situation is, but we can control uh, what we do next, how we respond and we can focus on what we control. So people surround yourself with and the information you digest whether that's how you digest news, uh, yeah. learning, podcasts, media, whatever it is, I think that was a huge thing. I would say right away too is how are you filling your brain? And then from there, I sound like a broken record, but I would immediately go back to if if right now it's the the school room that you know the classroom that you're struggling with, and you're you're in a dark place with it, and you're struggling and not sure if you're going to continue to do this or not. I think, like you said decluttering things that you don't have to do in your life to make room and then create, make something new, create a new challenge. And if it's overwhelming to do it in the classroom, then do it in your personal life. You know, everybody leans on. you know, Hey, I don't know, train, train for a 5k, right? Health is an easy one to lean on, but there's so much you can do, uh, start writing a book, start journal, you know? So, Whatever it is that interests you that maybe you never gave yourself permission to do, I would say start trying something new to just give yourself a little energy boost. Then once you get that momentum and you start to feel a little more filled up, you're going to be a little bit more resilient. You're going to be a little less irritable, a little less cynical. And then you're going to be allowed to start actually looking at like, okay, what am I doing here in in, in my job? How am I supporting students? What's in my control? What's out of my control? What is my ego impacting, you know, that's making it harder versus what's really going on? But you've got to get that start. And I think a lot of people would say, Val, that's that's super easy. There's nothing rocket science about that. And that's true. There isn't. Uh, We get so stuck sometimes that we just... Get in this routine that we don't even realize is just unhappy, but that we can control that routine. We can change it. And when we do, we start to see results. So that's what I love to do, though. I love to remind people of that. Like, hey, no one said you had to do this at this time every single day. You know, you could get rid of that or move it. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we have contractual hours. That's a different story, but within. Our lives, we, you know, Beyonce gets a lot done in a day, Josh. Like, can't do, right?
0: She's amazing. We can't compare ourselves to her.
1: Yeah. And she's got professional schedulers, right? We don't have someone making <laughs> 150,000 schedule in our day for us. But- and
0: a professional cook and someone that helps her in the gym. I mean, come on.
1: <laughs> wow, All was- right,
0: buddy. So I want to talk about what you are going around the country and speaking on. You You touched on this a little bit. But, you know, if there's a leader right now, uh, either a campus leader or a district leader that's like, man, this is exactly what my staff needs to listen to right now. You know, what what would they be bringing you in to, to speak on? What is it that you you know absolutely love to to share with other educators?
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking. Hands down, it would be basically what we've just kind of walked through. I'd, sure. lo- I'd love to come give that keynote to actually lift up and energize everybody and plant that seed of hope. So building your ERs, build it in your daily schedule, find your passions, lean into them, bring them into the classroom. Once we start getting that positive momentum, what I love to do then is I love to talk with just educators in the building and talk about what are the things that you feel are holding you back versus the things that are helping. And like, let's get it all out there. Let's, let's, Let's vomit it up. And then let's look at like, what is sincerely here? And then I love to meet with admin too. What are your needs and wants that you really need to get done? And then I love to bridge that gap because a lot of times I know we're adults, but a lot of adults struggle with tough conversations. But yep. when we have them, it's uh, is often way, more, way more solvable than I think <laughs> most people think. I, I, it's so funny. I have a teacher who is helping a student stud athlete working through an injury and that student, she's been coming late to my class five minutes every day with a pass. And the teacher finally, like she's so busy, said, I'm so sorry. I've been working out her hip for this huge run. I was worried because she's coming five minutes late to your class every day. And then I saw it was you and I'm like, oh, well, you would tell me if it's a problem. And I said, yeah, I I would. I, would, I wouldn't go to my superior and say, <laughs> hey, they're doing this. I would, as an adult, I would just tell you. But you know what? That actually doesn't happen a lot in buildings. I think people are not comfortable or confident enough. They don't want to see confrontational. So what I love to do is, all right, teachers, there's no admin here. Let's have it. What is the issue? I know it's going to be time. Okay. Let's put it on there. Right. And, but by having those two separate, but then coming together and kind of being that mediator of, Hey, this is what teachers are saying. This isn't harsh feelings. This is This is sincerely the two perspectives, but I bet there is a way to intermingle those more. And when we have those conversations, we feel more supported, more valued and more energized and aligned. And I think that's what it is. I think no one wants to ruffle any feathers. and, And and because of that, people don't feel aligned and they feel hurt and unheard, even though we all have the opportunity to speak up if we want to just no one, no one is comfortable doing it. And that could be for a variety of reasons. So again, uh, coming in, I'd love that, man, just injecting the energy and then trying to be the guy with the bad haircut. That's here with the (laughs) white flag, (laughs) like, Hey, I'm here to make this better. I want you guys to mesh. Well, how can we make this place better? But you feel valued. You feel valued. Let's reach our goals so that we all are on the same page. And let's just like, let's drop the boxing gloves and like, let's just come together and figure this out. Because when we're together, kids are going to win. And I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously, that's why we're here. We're here to help kids win. So that's one of my passions. I love doing it. And uh, man, if anybody's uh, ever could use that, it would be my honor and pleasure and privilege to be a part of that.
0: No, I think, Phil, that's so important. Like just having that third party there. You know, someone who's in a a neutral space and, you know, there is a power dynamic like that's kind of the elephant in the room. Right. I mean, so, you know, a lot of times people don't want to rock the boat in that sense because, you know, you're seen regardless of trying to make it seem that way or not, you're seen as the boss, you're seen as the superior. And so to have someone come in and, and kind of balance that out, I think is super powerful. So love that work that you're doing. I also want to touch base on something that I absolutely love because it's not just like you're going to the campus once and you're done, but you also have support beyond that, which is a program called Positive Growth Lounge. Mm -hmm. And I'd love for you to speak on this and kind of share, you know, how it's supporting other educators and how you're going beyond just the the one and done speech.
1: Yeah, I love my positive growth lounge family. So because of this, you know, me think like looking on LinkedIn during COVID and like I'm looking for my people, but my people, as you know, Joshua, I've been with for 19 years. So we all think pretty much alike now. So I thought, what a great thing because everyone got used to virtual and love it or hate it, at least we're somewhat comfortable with it. So what a wonderful thing it would be for educators to just come together from all across the uh, country to meet up twice a month and just focus on us, our needs. Uh, so I created the Positive Growth Lounge and it's a membership where we meet twice a month on Wednesdays. I've got uh, We got educators from Florida, from Texas, Central Illinois, et cetera. We're coming in with different ideas and perspectives. And uh, I'm, I'm like the, the, the guy who runs it so that you can just show up and not have to spend any extra energy so every meeting, we have a different theme, SEL style based positive psychology back on what we look at. So last week, our meeting was on, we audited our day, 24 hour day and looked at and graded, hey, was this net positive? Was this uh, something that was totally draining us or was this neutral? And after we did that, we now we're kind of messaging back and forth on things we're catching in our day before that we talked about we brought up gossip and confidence and we're going into the pros and cons of gossip and connection and kind of digging that up and how can we do positive gossip to shift it just a little bit so anyways it's a great way to come together with educators feel good feel supported totally feel heard in a non-judgmental way that you know obviously is just it's just fully transparent And it feels so good at the end of the meeting, every Wednesday, just like, man, these are just good people who want to help kids and want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves as well. So, yeah, I love it. It's a membership that everyone's welcome to come to. Anyone who hears this, it's interested, feel free to reach out to me. I'd love for you to be a guest for a meeting just to see if it's organically your fit. And if, you know, if we're too hippy-dippy weird for you, I totally get that too, man. We're not, you know, everybody's not for everybody, but... We're here to support and grow together, and just run ideas off of each other, but focus on ourselves first, so that we can pour into others. Well, if anyone's watching this video, you don't look hippie at all, Phil. So <laughs> I don't, th- I can't
0: imagine that group being like that. <laughs> all right, man, we're we're winding down our conversation. Although I feel like I could talk to you for another hour. You know, I asked this question for all my guests because it's one thing to, to listen to all this wonderful wisdom and insight, but it's another to take action, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if there's an actual item they can do tomorrow or next week to enhance their leadership
1: journey, what would you advise them to do? Hands down. I'm a human that fully believes in a schedule. First step I would take if they're looking to be happier is I'd simply just look at how they spend their day every day, And in the slots they can control, if it's something that they're just in the habit of doing that they don't really need, I'd encourage them to declutter it, get rid of it, and either just leave it open and spend time with yourself or your family, or put something in there and replace it that's going to allow you to feel more positive. Something that's going to build you up. I I sincerely believe you have to start with the little wins and momentum before we can start tackling The really really big stuff and education has overwhelmingly big things to tackle and things i don't know if we'll ever fully tackle because humans are complex but the more we take care of ourselves in those little tiny steps you build in every day you're gonna feel stronger and stronger you're gonna feel more and more resilient more uplifted and positive and that's going to allow you to get hungry for better positive change so start with that look at your day and make sure don't be shameful about it. We are ashamed. But if you're wasting time or doing something just out of habit, let's, let's fix it and fill something else that's better for you.
0: Yeah, man. Do something that's fun for yourself. Uh, yeah. Maybe Cook pancakes for your kids or play Christmas music in July. It doesn't matter. Like whatever's mm-hmm. going to bring you happiness, you know, get out there and do it. That's, that's the real thing about it.
1: And, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a huge, huge Christmas song fan. So Christmas in July music is totally my jam, brother.
0: If you see behind me, I got the Christmas story representing with my bobblehead. So I have admitted on this podcast before that it doesn't matter 12 months of the year in my house, you may hear Christmas music, especially if I'm stressed. That's going to be playing. So Mm -hmm. I I have no shame in that. Uh, Like I said, if you want to see Phil, he said a bad haircut. I think it's rocking. You want to see his (laughs) tattoos? You (laughs) definitely check out YouTube. Joshua Stamper is on YouTube. And then, of course, the Teach Better team, both of the videos will be posted on those channels. So make sure you go there. Phil, I know you've got your handle on screen, but for those who are listening on the audio podcast formats, how can they connect with you on your website or on social media?
1: Well, Mr. Stamper, I'm obnoxiously everywhere. If you just <laughs> figure out how to spell my last name, you'll find me, Phil Janiszewski. But my handle everywhere is just at Phil januszki j-a-n-u-s-z-e-w-s-k-i
0: all right so it's a complex list name as we were talking (laughs) it's on the screen and then also i will have all the links in the show notes go to josh i will have every single link and phil was saying that there's a lot of links and it's true and i would say though if you want to see some phenomenal videos phil's your guy So you're on TikTok and I saw you on Instagram stories the other day. So killing it, man. I love what you're doing. I'm so honored that you were a guest today on Aspire to Lead. And man, I just can't wait to see the impact that you continue to make throughout the country. Thank you.
1: Your kindness has been fully received. I appreciate your time and energy. Thanks for the opportunity. And it's just great to connect with humans who are looking to make the world a better place. So the feelings, uh, absolutely mutual. Truly enjoyed it. Thank you for the opportunity.